What's up, everybody? Welcome to the How to Lead podcast, helping you develop yourself and those around you. My name's Adam. I am joined by Clay. Clay, it is nearing the end of the year, and uh, we've got a great message and offer from our friends over at Belay because people may be thinking about next year, 2024. They got big plans, big things they want to do. They want to be more productive, and they're not quite sure how they are going to do it. So why don't you let our listeners know what Belay has got for them and how they can help. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody listening, if you knew there was a way you could get more done next year in less time, wouldn't you be interested in that? Uh, Adam, you? <laughs> Absolutely. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. me too. I mean, I, I feel like I've got so many thoughts. In fact, there's a couple things that I was hoping to get done this year that now that I'm recapping the year, I'm going, oh, I was hoping to get that done this year. Um, it's still on the list for next year. Part of learning the the power of productivity is to get somebody to help you out with that, which is what, what Belay does. Belay has a, um, they've got a, a team of over 2,000 vetted US-based virtual assistants, accounting professionals, social media managers, ready to help take the things off your plate that maybe you spent too much time on so that you can get the stuff done next year that you're really hoping to get done. So if you're interested in that, they've got a free download that will help you get started. It's called The Power of Productivity. Just simply text LEAD to 551235523. Text the word LEAD to that number and you'll be able to access The Power of productivity. I'm so grateful for Belay as a sponsor. Uh, yeah. It's so nice to be able to offer this podcast for free. Yep. And uh, they help us do that. Amen. So thanks. That's right. Big shout out to Belay. Yeah. Thanks, Belay. So go check that out. That's lead to 55123. So, uh, Clay, here's what we want to talk about. We're going to have a couple episodes here at the end of this year and maybe one or two at the beginning of next year doing a little bit of reflection. And uh, if, if I could pick one of the my favorite episodes that we have put out, sadly enough, Clay, it doesn't involve you. It involves our friend Tim Spiker. And it was just like a month ago we put it out where we uh, interviewed him or I interviewed him talking about his book, uh, The Only Leaders Worth Following, where he talked about that research that was out there where there are two characteristics that seem to drive over 75% of our effectiveness as a leader. And those two characteristics are leaders who are inwardly sound and others focused. Uh, when they score highly on those two characteristics, uh, everything else seems to go up with it. So that is their ability to communicate, their ability to coach people, their ability to marshal resources, cast vision, all of that. And when leaders score low in those two areas, guess what? All those other things go down with it too. And so 75% uh, of our effectiveness is determined by this root work, like how we are on the inside. Uh, are we inwardly sound and do we have a heart that is others focused um i and i came across that idea in 2022 i mentioned that on the podcast it has been uh very eye-opening for me and then specifically here like in the fourth quarter of 2023 pretty much every room i get into with leaders i am sharing the results of his research and it has just been fascinating to watch leaders react to this to hear some of their questions and uh, I just think it's profound, right? It, it is really profound that who we are uh, really is what determines what we do. So um, your thoughts, just real quick, because I know you weren't on that interview, but your thoughts about 
this idea of inwardly sound, others focused, and so much effectiveness, that being the root. Just what, what what's your reaction to that? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I am familiar with the research that Tim's done, though I uh, do have a bit of FOMO that I missed out on your favorite yes. episode <laughs> of 2023. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, because I'm others focused, Adam, because That's I'm right. seeking to be an others focused leader, um, I felt great about that. I, I uh, like you, deeply impacted by it. And it, it corroborates with so many other things that I've learned over the course of my working career. Like, hey, the best, the best leaders are ultimately the best people. The best leaders are the most emotionally healthy people. That as we grow in our emotional health, it really is the thing that sets us apart. I mean, this is Daniel Goleman's research on growing in our EQ, that it's not the hard skills, it's the soft skills that really separate the superstars. They've got the ability to be self-aware and self-regulated and know what motivates them and understand how to be empathetic toward other people. So yeah, I think it's obviously massively helpful, but it, it is there's something powerful about what Tim's done where he's been able to say, hey, this is what the research really says. Yeah, this is yeah. what the data says, right? Yeah, I think that's one of the powerful aspects of what he brings. That's right. Cause it gets it out of the realm of opinion and just anecdotal observation and just go, no, what started with 2000, uh, a data set of 2000 is now well over 20,000. And the data continues to prove out that these are the two characteristics. And so, you know, one of the things I asked him at the end of that episode was what's your message for leaders? Like when you go into the marketplace, what do you ask them? And he just said, I try to ask him this one question, how much time do you spend on who you are? rather than just what you do. I put that up on a slide when I'm in rooms with leaders and I ask them that question and I'm, uh, I don't blame people, but it, it's kind of a deer in the headlights look because I don't think it's very common for the, for the average leader to spend a lot of time doing that. It caused me after that interview with Tim, it caused me to go back into his book and to, to just really just read that first part again, as he was talking about the research and the implications of the research. And I want to read a quote from you, uh, from that, uh, because this is really where we're going to go for the rest of the day or the rest of this episode. And it says this, he says, how well developed we are as people is the most significant determiner of how effective we will be as leaders. So how well developed we are as people is what will be the most significant determiner of how effective we will be as leaders. And so if I was going to summarize that, it's like Spiker is basically saying the evidence seems to support this idea that good people make good leaders, which <laughs> is a little bit Captain Obvious. But again, out there in the marketplace, when we talk about leadership, there is so much focus on skills and results that I don't hear a lot of talk on how are you as a person? first. Like, are you a good person? And it gets, you know, it can be a little weird to talk about that in the marketplace because it gets into like uh, very debatable topics on morality and good versus bad and things like that. Um, but I, I mean, it's a powerful statement that the evidence seems to point towards that good people make good leaders. And it really reminds me of something I've seen on your website before where you, you have, uh, you've talked about that, right? You, you've seen that connection and that's something you try to do when you serve your clients. Well, I think it's one of the things it's, you know, our, you and I both sharing in our uh, unique background of working as pastors, one of the things you you do, I mean, you start realizing over time, oh, here's what I'm doing as a pastor is I'm trying to create programs, create environments, help people build relationships that are going to help them grow as people. And so naturally, you and I become students of whether we realized it or not, we became students of human growth. How do people grow? What's the best way that people grow? And so it's natural that we would, I guess, in a, in a way, it's counterintuitive that we'd find ourselves in a space where we're speaking in 
uh, in organizations and companies and not necessarily churches all the time. But uh, it makes a lot of sense when you think about the aspect of human growth that we just are passionate about helping people grow as people. So yeah, I think the the mission statement that I've been trying to mess around with just for myself is I want to help you grow as a person and as a leader, but specifically in that order. Because I just believe that the one follows the other. You can grow as a leader, but really the fastest way to grow as a leader is to really learn how to grow as a person. As you grow as a person, you'll naturally grow as a leader as well. So exactly what you said, kind of obvious, but at the same time, uh, I love the question, hey, you might know it, you might realize, yeah, that's true, but what are you actually doing about it? Which is what I love that you've done is you've tried to put some handles on it to go, hey, let me give you some areas where you should pay, you could pay attention to these and these would actually help you grow as a person. Yeah, and that may be why there is such a disconnect oftentimes between these and why it's not talked about a lot because just the simple question, let's put it out there, how do people develop? Right. So how do you develop as a person? So maybe you're, you listen to that episode and you heard what Spiker said. You're listening to, to you and I right now and you're sitting there going, great, I want to develop as a person. How do I do that? And, you know, as I sat there and reflected on that question over uh, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, I've got a list of five things that I want to run through and kind of debate and spar with on you. And what I love about this podcast is we have a mechanism for people to give us feedback, right? Because uh, you can send us an email at info at howtolead.work. Uh, engage in this conversation with us and help us refine this and make it better. But um, let me just throw five things out there. I'll go through the list real quick and then uh, we can banter back and forth on all of these things. And this is just in the order I wrote them down. So I don't even know if this is like in priority, but uh, how do people develop, right? How do you develop as a person? Number one, you got to make peace with your past. Uh, I love that idea that sometimes you got to go back before you can go forward. Uh, There's a lot to unpack there, but I think those leaders who are inwardly sound uh, they talk about their past in a in a way that seems very healthy, and they have made peace with it. And everything like that means everything from uh, your failures in the past to your family upbringing to any experience you've had. You've you've made peace with that. Uh, number two, you take brain health serious. Um, there's so much there that I feel like I've been learning this year about for us and as knowledge workers like the most important thing we bring to our clients is our brain. And so everything that's out there on how to keep our brains healthy, uh, I think people that are developing take that holistic health approach, which you could put under the banner of brain health. Uh, number three would be they, y- you have this narrative for your life where you believe you're on a journey. Maybe said another way is that you've picked a destination of, as to where you want to go. Uh, you're not waiting for somebody to tell you what to be when you grow up. You're not waiting for people to say what you should be when you grow up. You've thought through it and you've picked a destination and you are deliberately moving there. So you feel this sense of a narrative that you're on a journey. Uh, number four, uh, your financial life is in order, period. Uh, those leaders who their financial life is a mess that absolutely bleeds into their work. They're going to make very potentially aggressive and unwise and hasty decisions because they're trying to get out of a financial hole or they're trying to do something to get their financial life in order. Uh, So I think that is a a way that people develop is just having their life squared away financially. And then the last one would be you have friends. You've got relationships. You've got people who will tell you when your breath stinks, when you've got uh, spinach stuck in your teeth. You've got friends to enjoy the ups and downs of life with. You have relationships and those relationships are life-giving. And um, they humble you and they make you uh, very appreciative. And so if I look about the ways that I feel like I've developed as a person and the ways I've watched others develop as a person, 
I think those are the things, right? Peace with the past. You, you have some aspect where you're taking your health serious. Uh, you feel like you're on a journey. You've got your financial life in order and you have friends uh, where you get to experience that, that richness of life. And so uh, thoughts on that list? What, what would you edit? What would you debate? What would you take away? I love uh, I, the way you end it every time. It kind of makes me chuckle because I just think that it, it back to being obvious. It is so obvious, but I love that it's on the list because you're right. Most people don't have quality friendships and the older we get, the less friends we have, right? Um, we're we're going to be talking to in a few episodes, we're going to be talking to the fine folks at thearena.network that create peer groups for leaders for that very reason, because they recognize what John Mulaney pointed out in his uh, monologue on Saturday Night Live that he was like, have you noticed that the older our parents get, the less they have friends? He's like, my dad has no friends. His only friends are husbands of my mom's friends, <laughs> which is so true. It's it just is. the way life seems to work. So I love that one. The first one. Uh, I resonate with deeply just getting okay, growing to be okay with your past, making peace with your past. I heard an author recently who said, uh, I heard an author written some books, but he was speaking in this case, said, leaders, it is time to forgive our fathers. Which I just thought, what a great statement, a great declarative statement that the time has come, we need to forgive our parents, right? That, and, and, you know, that, that you might be the exception of that. You might not have a lot of a father wound or a parent wound, but I would just say we can even extend that to whatever it is from your past that you're holding on to, that thing that whenever you start thinking about it, it just kind of gets you turned on the inside, right? That you just, you're tempted to pick up that emotional bait over and over again. The, the more you're able to let that go and go, you know what? I'm not going to pick that up. I'm okay with that. Uh, I wouldn't go through it again, but I'm glad that I am where I am, which means that I had to go through some of the things I had to go through. So I really resonate with that one as well. And then that your mental health comment. I mean, I just feel like that's, it's everywhere. I mean, it really is. Uh, I feel like we're, we're as a society losing the stigma, which I think is so healthy. We're losing the stigma that mental health has had for, for years. And I, I love that you and I get to be a really small part of that as well, because we believe so deeply in the power of uh, your ability in your mind to overcome hard things, to get through hard things, to make yourself get through something that is really challenging. We've used that quote before, but it's that Churchill quote that success in life is bouncing from failure to failure with enthusiasm, right? And the only way you can do that is to have some mental resilience and uh, uh, some mental health in your brain. Yeah. I, you know, when you talk about leaders, it's time to forgive our fathers. I'm remembering, I might get the artist wrong, but I I, I want to go back like early 2000s, reading a Rolling Stone magazine. And I think it was Mary J. Blige that was talking about, it was an interview for her who had a tumultuous childhood. And she said this line and I've never forgotten it. So I attribute it to her. So Mary J., if you're listening and I got this wrong, <laughs> I'm sorry. But she said, uh, she was talking about her mother. She said, I blame her for nothing and I forgive her for everything. And I was like, that is such a great way to say that. And so what I hear in that is I recognize I've been through some things. I recognize that it's been hard. Uh, I recognize it helped develop who I am. And as you said, I may not want to go through that again. And I forgive her for all of it. And I blame her for none of it. So I'm not going to say it never happened. Uh, I'm not going to just Pollyanna it away. It happened. It hurt. It it was frustrating. I wish it didn't. It was tragic. A lot of us have those stories, right? Um, but 
then there is that there is that like all right so what are we going to do with it and uh and and if there's one of these that i my guess is it's going to mess with leaders it may be that one i mean there's probably some people right now just driving around going my friends or my wife or my husband for years has been telling me i need to go sit in somebody's office and talk about this issue that happened with my grandparents or this issue that happened with my parents or this fight that I've been in. I haven't talked to my brother in 27 years that, you know, I'm just coming up with things. I, I talked to my brother, but, um, it's, it's, that's going to be the one that is urgent or excuse me, important, but not urgent that many people are going to put, uh, you know, sweep under the rug. And I'm, I'm going, I, I think it's just going to be hard to develop if we don't, if we don't take some of that serious and go back and make peace with that past. You and I, uh, in our, in our previous lives, we would sit down with a lot of people, you know, at a coffee shop or in an office or wherever. And they're, you know, people just naturally have this thing where they want to tell a pastor all of their greatest hurt and greatest pain. And, um, I just remember over and over again, I would sit there and think, I don't know that I ever had the courage to say it, but what I would want to say in those moments is I would want to say, you have every right to feel the way you feel, but it is not healthy for you to stay that way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I get it and it hurt and it was awful and you have every right. Anyone else who had been through that would feel the same way and you have every right to feel that way, but it will not be healthy for the rest of your life to stay like that because it is going to affect every relationship in your life. And to your point, I love the I love this uh, angle that you're taking with this is that this is a ultimately it's a leadership conversation because you can't be an effective leader if you've got all this pain from your past that you have not dealt with. That's right. That's right. And and listen, you may you may be a team leader right now that has done a lot of this. You've developed, you've made peace made made peace with your past and you're sitting there with a team right now and you've got three or four people on your team that uh, are going, they need to hear this one. They need to make peace with their past because the issues that we're running up against, it's not me and my style. It's has everything to do with, I represent an authority figure that reminds them of something from their past and they haven't made peace with that yet. And so now all of their, you know, venom is coming out on me. And, uh, and so it's just, you know, it, it, this is what we tried to talk about, or I think what I wanted to say in that episode that we did on Live Like an Athlete where an athlete understands that, that life is one big compartment. It, it is not, you cannot compartmentalize your life, uh, your personal life. What happens between 5 p.m. and 9 a.m. always, always, always impacts what happens between 9 and 5. And 9 and 5 always impacts between 5 and 9. And like, it is just one big connected life. And, uh, and I don't think there's any exceptions. And so that one, that one is a big deal. Um, I, th- let's jump down to number four, like getting your financial life in order. I saw this one and I shot a, uh, a note to a buddy of mine, who's a professor down at Baylor university going like, do you know of any research that would show leadership effectiveness and financial stability? Right. Because it would be really interesting to know uh, where where somebody is with their financial house in order and how much stress they're feeling there and how that bleeds over into their leadership because they're like, well, I got to get that bonus or we need to increase revenue so that I can get more distributions or I need more, I need more, I need more. And how what an impact, especially if you are a decision maker and you have a team, your personal financial life being out of order is driving people bananas because they're you're trying to get them to work so that you can get out of whatever hole you're in 
uh, right now. And so unfortunately he couldn't think of any research off the top of his head. And I'm like, well, do you want to do it? You want to, you want to like, you want to <laughs> commission you do, a study? Can you just can do you that do the quick? research? You don't have to me. Well, I, yeah, I back to those two things that Tim has found in his research that, uh, you can't be, it's almost impossible to be an others focused leader when you have personal financial pressure, right? Because the, the security, the stability that financial health brings frees you up to go, I'm now in a place where I can care about Adam and what's going on in his life. But if I'm consumed with how am I going to handle this this month? And am I going to be able to match up the, you know, the, the bills and the income, it, that kind of pressure, it's just almost impossible to be others focused. So, um, uh, yeah, you, you're right. Um, there might not be specific research on it, but it certainly makes sense. It seems really difficult to be inwardly sound or others, others focused, focused when yeah, if you got when, a lot of financial pressure. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I, you know, we can point to, I think one of the best voices on that subject right now, Morgan, uh, Morgan Housel, he wrote a great resource years ago called "The Psychology of Money." Yeah, it's and on my then, on my uh, on my bedside table right is now. Is it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Just like so, if you're looking at going, okay, next year maybe that's an area where I need to I want to develop as a person. That is a great, uh, insightful journey to go on. Is he's just trying to figure out the way you think about money. Um, there's plenty of X's and O's out there, you know, and budget this, and here's how to do that, and here's how to track. But a lot of it is at that subconscious level that uh, that I think Morgan does a great job of helping people in a very uh, engaging and inviting way to explore some of those things. So I found that resource uh, to be immensely helpful. So uh, there it is. I, I think, you know, like we were texting this morning, I think we could do deeper dives on all of these. But uh, as people are, the, the year is winding down and we're starting to look forward to next year. Uh, I think this is a great, like this would be a great self-reflection, take 20 minutes, go to the coffee shop, journal through this and just ask yourself, hey, in 23, did I develop as a person, right? Did I, am I okay with my past? How am I doing with the brain health, mental health, uh, which, you know, gets into so much on just the basics of like, what are you eating and how much are you sleeping? And are you getting outside and seeing sunlight to, um, how are you doing at self-regulation and, and all of that kind of stuff. So brain health. Do you, do you feel like your career, like your life is on a journey? You're going somewhere. Do you need to get your finances in order? Or do you just need to double down and make some friends this year and just make some time for some friends and, and allow that to help as well? I think that's a good list just to, to reflect on and to think about as you go into 24. And it will ultimately, it's about prioritizing, right? Because I love the way you even change what you said there. Do I need to go make some friends or do I need to go make some time for some friends, right? Because the truth is, you have relationships. The question is, are you spending the time? Are you being intentional about deepening those relationships? And that's true in every one of those. So I love your list. I love it because it really gives us something to think about. It gives us a, a grid or a framework to think about 2023, but also to think about going forward in 2024. So uh, two thumbs up, rotten awesome. tomatoes, rotten tomatoes, thumbs up. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> All right, Clay. Uh, great Thanks, to be Dad. with you as always. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info at howtolead.work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.